Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Fresh Encounter, the radio ministry of Lifelong Anointing Church. Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature, and in favor with God and with men. We're glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message. Now, the question we want to deal with this morning is that what is a covenant? What is a covenant? How does a covenant operate? How do you tap into that particular covenant relationship? How do you tap into the covenant blessings? These are some of the things that we're going to be exploring within the next uh, couple of minutes. And to start off, we want to read the book of Hebrews chapter 8. Hebrews chapter 8, reading from verse number 6, the Bible tells us, But but now, now has he obtained a more excellent ministry, by how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant, which was established upon better promises. For if... Therefore, if that first covenant had been had been faultless, then should no then should no place have been given, so have been sought for the second. For finding fault with them, he said, "Behold, the day cometh," said the Lord, "when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel, with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the days when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, but because because they continue not in my covenant, I regard them them not," said the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, said the Lord, I will put my laws in their mind and write them in their heart. And I will be to them a God and they shall be to me a people. And they shall not teach everyone, every man his neighbor. And every man his neighbor saying, know the Lord for all shall know me from the least to the greatest. And I will be merciful to their unrighteousness. And their sins and their iniquities I will remember no more. The question is, what is a covenant? What is a covenant? And from this verse of the scripture we see that a covenant is an agreement between two parties which in which one or in which one or both make a promise under oath to perform or to refrain from performing certain action stipulated in advance. In other words, it's an agreement. In other words, our covenant relationship with the Almighty God is a relationship, is a relationship agreement that is initiated by the Almighty God. Look at that Romans chapter 5, verse 8. The Bible says, But God for the for God commanded his love upon us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. In other words, the covenant relationship that we have with God is not something that you initiated. It's something that God Himself initiated because He knew that you cannot even do it in the first place. So God himself initiated our covenant relationship. Number two, the relation, the covenant relationship we have with God is a relationship with mutual commitment. In other words, God will do his part and you will do your part. Hebrews chapter 8, reading from verse number 10 tells us, For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, said the Lord, I will put my laws in their mind and write them in their heart and I will be to them a God and they shall be to me a people. In other words, as long as the 
people of Israel were willing to obey the people of God, God was willing to be their God. In other words, as, willing, as long as they are willing to obey Him, He was willing to forgive them of their sins. As willing they are willing to walk with Him, He was willing to be able to do what He only can do to be able to make sure that He fulfills His own part of the agreement. A covenant relationship is a, is a relationship with mutual commitments. Now, within that covenant, within that commitment, God agreed to do His part, and you agree to do your own part. The next question is, how does this particular covenant operate? How does it operate? How does the covenant operate? A covenant relationship with God operates on the basis of both parties honoring their own part of the deal. Okay? If you're about to buy a car, you walk into a dealership, the covenant, the, the, the agreement that you are signing is that you will give me the car and I will pay you some amount of money every month. The only way that agreement will work is if the guy releases the car and you make the payment. If you begin to make payment and the dealership does not release the car, that is not an agreement. That is 419. Sorry, that is a cheating. You know, 419 is a criminal code in Nigeria. Okay? So, that is, that is cheating. Okay? If you decide to, if you decide to get the car from the person and refuse to pay, then that's also the covenant is not in agreement. It's not being, it's not being fulfilled. So, covenant, a covenant relationship with God operates on the basis of the two parties. That is God and you doing your parts. There are certain things that God will do. And there are certain things that you will do. I always said it from this pulpit. God will not do your part for you. And certainly you cannot do God's part. You can, I can assure you that. You can't do his part. In other words, a covenant relationship is only valid when the terms of the agreement is honored by both parties. The Bible says that God is holy. He said, be ye holy just like your God is holy. If you are not holy, then you have not fulfilled that part of the agreement because you are not fulfilling your own part. Because God still remains holy. So, a covenant relationship is valid when the terms of the agreement is honored by both parties. So, how does that covenant operate? How does it operate? A covenant of, the, the covenant of God, a covenant relationship with God, operates on four basic uh, covenant principles. Okay? The first principle is the principle of offer. The principle of the offer. In other words, there is no covenant until an offer is made. Alright? You do not have an agreement until an offer is placed on the table. This is the car that I like. Unless you put an offer on the table and say, okay, how much is this car? This is how much you are paying. And then you agree on the terms, the, longer, the, 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 the interest rate, and all the other things. By the time you agree, until an offer is made, there is no covenant. There's no, there's no covenant. So the covenant operates on the basis of an offer. Okay? And that is why the Bible tells us in the book of John chapter 3, John 3 chapter 16, very popular verse. He said, for God so loved the world that he gave. That was the offer he made. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believes in him shall not, pro- shall not perish but have eternal life. That offer was placed first on the table. That was what you looked at to consider before you decided to walk with the almighty God. Number two principle of how covenant, or, or, of how, uh, uh, covenant operate. It operates on the, con- on the principles of condition. What is the condition of the offer? What is the condition of the offer? If I'm going to buy a car, you put a Bentley in front of me. I am making 24000 a year. And you say that the payment of that particular Bentley is going to be $2,000 a month. I am making 2000 a month. And you want me to pay the whole 2000 in a car? How am I going to eat? Where am I going to live? How am I going to pay my other bills? When the conditions are met, that is when a covenant becomes operational. If the conditions are not met, no matter how I lost that Bentley, 
No matter how I love that mansion in Brentwood, no matter how I love the things that you are offering to me, I will not be able to accept it because the conditions are not acceptable. Covenant cannot operate until both parties agree on the terms, on the conditions. And that's why the Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes, the condition is that you must believe. If you don't believe, it's not going to happen. You can call Jesus, Jesus, Jesus until you turn blue in the face. I don't think Africans turn blue in the face, but whatever color they turn into, what you find is that you can call Jesus as much as you want. It's not going to happen. The term is the term of belief. You have to believe. You have to believe. If you don't believe, it's not going to happen. So that is the thing. The second one I'll talk about is the principle of condition. The covenant cannot operate until both parties agree on the principle, on the, on the terms. And then the third principle is the principle of acceptance. I can put the offer on the table. Just like God has put the offer on the table. The offer of eternal life is on the table. But the thing is that unless you accept it, that offer is useless. And that is why you can have a credit approval from a particular bank or a finance company. Unless you accept the term and use it, it is useless. It's just there. Sitting and waiting. The offer of salvation is there. As many who believe in him. If you read the book of, if you read the book of John, I think it's from verse number 14. It says, as many that believe him, it says him because they become the sons of God. But only those who believe, only those who accept, covenant cannot operate until the offer is accepted. God cannot work on our behalf. Jesus cannot do the same. We cannot enjoy the saving grace until it is accepted by you and by me. And then the fourth principle is the principle of expectation. The principle of expectation. Covenant cannot cannot operate without expectation. In other words, what do you expect to get out of the deal? If I walk into a dealership and I say I agree to the interest rate and the terms of the loan, I am expecting to walk out of that place with a car. If I am not going to get the car and I sign the paper, then something else is going on. Something else is going on. It's a Ponzi scheme. The point we are making is that principle, the, the principle of covenant operation is that is a principle of expectation. Covenant cannot operate without an expectation. And that's why God says that, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. The expectation is the expectation of eternal life. That's why you came in. That's why you accepted Jesus. It's the expectation of eternal life. It's that you are not going to be damned. For those of us in covenant relationship with God, you must understand that your salvation did not just happen. Your salvation did not just happen. God made an offer. He stated the condition along that particular offer and expressed the benefits attached to that particular offer. You and I looked at that particular offer. We looked at the condition. We looked at the expectation. And then we accepted that's why you are a Christian today. That's why I'm a Christian today. The people who are not Christian today, it's not because they have not seen the offer. It's not because they have not seen the they have not, they have not looked at the terms. It's not because they, have not, they don't know about the benefit. It's just that they have refused to accept the terms and the condition. And that's why they say, no, I don't want it. And that's why they are outside of the kingdom. So your salvation today is as a result of the covenant, the covenant relationship we have with God. is because you saw the offer, you saw the condition, you saw the benefit, it looked good to you, you accepted. And that's why you are saved. That's why you are saved. And that's how you become a Christian. You accepted the offer and the conditions of eternal life. Now the unique thing about the relationship, the covenant relationship with God... That is that is, is that we have with God is that like I said before it is initiated by God. 
That is one of the unique things about the covenant. It is initiated by God. Okay? God sent out a flyer. Who among you wants to be saved? And people now started responding to that offer. They called the 800 number God. And the God responded and said, okay, you want to be born again? I'll give you eternal life. It was initiated by God. Number two, the beauty of the covenant relationship we have with God is that God is the final authority of that particular covenant. In other words, he decides who gets saved. I can preach here as much as I want. Only God knows the people who are going to be saved. And that's why Paul said, Paul, he said, Paul, he said, he said I plant the seed, Apollo waters. But only God that gives the increase. It is God that touches the heart of an individual to make that particular person a member of his family or not. So God is the final authority of our covenant relationship. Number three, man is called to obedience in our covenant relationship with God. In other words, the part that God just wants from you, the part that God wants from me, is just for us to be obedient is to fulfill our own end. That's all. He's saying, I'm going to do everything. You just do your own part. Just accept and obey. Just walk with me. And that's it. So, man is called to obedience in our covenant relationship with God. And finally, there is a relationship that exists between promises and obligation in the covenant relationship that we have with God. Which means, everything that God promises... Everything that God said He's going to do in your life, He's going to do in my life, He's going to do in my family, He's going to do in our church. Everything He said He's going to do is conditioned, okay, on the obligation that you have. In other words, it is not automatic. The fact that you are born again today doesn't mean your life is going to be a life of ease. The fact that you are born again today doesn't mean that the ceilings will open and dollar bill will start falling down. It's not going to happen. People who talk about prosperity, they don't tell you the full story. There is a promise that God makes and there is an obligation on your part to be able to fulfill that particular, to be able to get hold of that promises. The Lord promises eternal life. He said, for, Lord, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. But the condition is that whosoever believes... In other words, so if you want to get that eternal life, the obligation you have, what you have to fulfill is to believe. The same thing. The Bible tells us about giving. It says, give and it shall be given unto you. If you expect somebody to give to you, you should expect to be able to release also. That is the way these things work. You expect to be able to receive the blessings of the blessings of the anointing of the Almighty God. It says that some of these things will not come except by prayer and by fasting. In other words, you have to be able to enjoy the blessings and the promises of God. You have an obligation. You have a responsibility. Things don't just happen. Just like we say here in America, there is no free lunch. Somebody's got to pay for it. And like I tell people, you can either pay up front or pay at the back end. But it's cheaper when you pay up front because you avoid interest. That is a story for another day. The relationship we have is is there's a relationship between promises and obligation at play in our covenant relationship with God. Now, all that we have talked about so far is just the general basics of our covenant relationship with God. Okay? Now, within that covenant relationship that you have with God, there are what is referred to as covenant blessings. Okay? Within the covenant relationship, there are covenant blessings. I have said this before and I'll say it again. And it will be interesting for you to wake up in the morning and go to the state capital and say you want to collect a salary when you are not employed by the state of Tennessee. They will look at you as if you need to probably visit Clover Bottom. Or probably because you've missed your meds or you've missed your shots. Because it will be unreasonable for you to go to a company, to go and expect to receive a, to go and expect to receive a, uh, a benefit, or expect to receive a salary, or expect to receive your income when you are not even on the payroll. 
So the same thing. A lot of people come to church. God is a very merciful God. There is this general blessing that people enjoy. There is what is called an abundant and overflow. Jesus was talking about there was a particular woman that came to the Lord Jesus Christ. When that woman came, he said that he wanted the healing for her daughter. Jesus Christ said that the bread, you cannot give the meat of the children, you cannot give it to dogs. And the woman was a very smart woman. The woman said, oh, you forget that the dogs also eat the crumbs that fall out of the tables of the children. In other words, though I do not deserve it, but there are times when I enjoy the overflow. A lot of people come to church and they enjoy the overflow. But the covenant blessing of God is reserved for those in covenant relationship with Him. It will not be unreasonable for the state of Tennessee to tell you that, hey, I'm sorry, I cannot, you cannot enjoy a 401k blessing. You cannot enjoy the 401k. Or you cannot enjoy uh, whatever benefit that they give to people who are retired, your pension, because you have never worked for the state. If you, if you, if you now go and you want to sue the state, you say, because I live in the state... I have come to the state for a very long time. Though I have not worked with you, I'm supposed to enjoy retirement because I've lived in the state. And the state will look at you and say, something is wrong with you. And that is what a lot of people are doing in the house of God. They have spent time in the house of God. They have sat down in the chairs. They have sat down in the pew. They have shouted glory, hallelujah. But they have not at any point in time put their relationship with the almighty God. Form a covenant relationship with God. And now they expect blessings. And when the blessings don't come, they say, God is not God. He said, God, why are you doing me like this? Eh? Why are you doing me like this? Why are you not answering my prayer? Why are you doing? I mean, but you have not, you are not, you are not yet inside the covenant blessing. You are not yet inside the fold. Anything that you have been enjoying has been overflow. They have been overflow. And that's why they have been inconsistent. Because sometimes the kids can have some good table manners. They allow nothing to fall down. You know? <laughs> they allow nothing to fall down. So they don't have nothing to eat. But when you put a lot of vegetables on the, ta- on the plate, that's when they begin to push some of them away. And the dogs have a lot to eat. So there are times kids have good behavior. They will not allow anything to fall down. They grab everything. But there are times when you have the overflow. That is why inconsistent blessings come to people who are not yet walking with the, walking with the Almighty God. But the Lord is saying that within that covenant relationship, there are covenant blessings. And what are these covenant blessings? Let's look at Deuteronomy chapter 28. Deuteronomy 28. We read the blessings of our covenant relationship with the Almighty God. Deuteronomy 28, reading from verse number 1. We read it the other time. I'll just read a couple of verses and then we'll move on. And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord, uh, Lord thy God, to observe and to do all his commandments, which I commanded this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all the nations of the earth, and in all these blessings shall come upon thee, and overtake thee. For if thou shalt hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, he said, blessed shall thou be in the city, blessed shall thou be in the field, blessed shall be the fruit of thy body, and the fruit of thy ground, and the fruit of thy cattle, and the increase of thy kind, and the flock, and the shall be and the flock of thy sheep, the Lord shall cause thy enemies that rise up against thee to be smitten before thee, before thy face. They shall come against thee in one way and flee before thy face seven different ways. The Lord shall command the blessings upon thee in thy storehouses, and in all that thou settest thy hand to uh, set thy hands upon, and he shall bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. The Lord shall establish thee and the holy people unto himself. And he has, as he has sworn unto thee, if thou wilt keep the commandment of the Lord thy God and walk in his way. And, the, and all the people of the earth shall see that thou art called by the name of the Lord and thy God, and they shall be afraid of thee. And the Lord shall make, it, make thee plenteous in good, in the fruit of thy body, in the fruit of thy cattle, in the fruit of thy ground, in the land which the Lord swore unto thy father to give unto them. And the Lord shall open, open unto thee his good treasures, heaven to give thee rain on 
give rain unto thy land in a season, and they bless all the works of thy hand, and thou shalt lend unto many nations, and thou shalt not borrow. And the Lord shall make thee the head and not the tail, and thou shalt be above only, and thou shalt not be beneath. If that if, if that thou hearken unto the commandment of the Lord thy God, which I commanded this day, to observe and to do them, and thou shalt not go aside from any of the words which I commanded this day, to the right hand or to the left, to go after other gods, to serve them. That is a long list of what the Lord Almighty is saying. Are the blessings that accompany a covenant relationship with the Almighty God. Now, there are so many in there, but I'll just quickly highlight just about seven of them for you. Okay? Very briefly, I'll just go over the seven prominent covenant blessings that we see from that verse of the scripture. The first one is see is the covenant of the covenant blessing of elevation. The Bible says that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. You shall be above and not be beneath only. Number two covenant blessing you enjoy is the covenant of increase. He said, Blessed shall thou be in the city, blessed shall thou be in the field. The blessed shall thou be that shall be thy basket and thy storehouse. Not only that, number three is the covenant blessing of reproduction. The Bible tells us that none shall be barren in the land. In other words, whatever you lay your hands upon to do, it shall prosper. It says, blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the fruit of thy ground, the fruit of thy cattle, the increase of thy kind, and the flock of thy sheep. In other words, anything around you will enjoy the covenant blessing of reproduction. In other words, whatever you do, it will reproduce, it will increase. Not only that, there's a covenant blessing of favor. The Bible makes us to understand that thou shalt, blessed shall that be when you come in, blessed shall that be when you go out. In other words, everywhere you go, you are going to be a blessing. Favor of God will follow you. Not only that, you have the covenant blessing of protection. The Bible tells us that. The Lord said, and, and the Lord shall, and the Lord shall cause thy enemies that rise up against thee to be smitten before thee. They shall come against you in one way, but they will flee in seven different ways. The Lord is saying that if you have a covenant relationship with me, I am giving you a covenant blessing of protection. Not only that, there is also a covenant blessing of righteousness. In verse number nine, the Bible said, the Lord shall establish thee a holy people unto himself. In other words, when you are covenanted with him, when you are walking with the almighty God, he said he will release upon you that particular blessing, that particular spirit of holiness, such that you will keep yourself pure and righteous before him. He said, I will establish thee a holy people unto me, as thou hast sworn, as, as he has sworn unto thee, if thou will keep the commandment of the Lord thy God and walk in his way. He will give you the covenant blessings of righteousness. Not only that, the Lord will give you a covenant blessing of prosperity. Okay, you give you a covenant blessing of prosperity. Verse number 11. And the Lord shall make thee plenteous in goods. In other words, it will make you rich in the fruit of your body. In the fruit of their cattle, in the fruit of the ground, in the land which the Lord has sworn to give unto your fathers. In other words, the Lord is saying He's going to give you a covenant blessing of prosperity. Those are the things that are associated with working with the Almighty God. And that's why the Bible tells us in the book of Matthew chapter 6, in verse number 33, it says there, it says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and every other thing will be added unto you. In other words, seek that covenant relationship with God. Seek for you to be able to know Him. Seek for Him to know you. Seek to walk with the Lord. He said, when you begin to do all that, what happened? The blessings of heaven will be released into your life. Many of us, when we go to a particular company and we're working for them, and they give us a bonus, in most cases, you did not join the company because of the bonus. No. 
You joined the company because you just wanted to work for the company or whatever reason you went in there. But as time went on and you became more productive, you became more productive and they were making profit, they started releasing extra bonus into your life, into your, into your paycheck. Sometimes the bonus you get is even more than the paycheck for that particular month or for that particular year, depending on how prosperous the company is. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then every other thing will be added unto us. But the interesting thing is that many want to focus on the blessing of the covenant. Instead of the God of the covenant. You want to be able to benefit. You want to enjoy the benefit. But you don't want to get in touch with the giver of all those blessings. And that's where the Christian, that's where the church has started having problems. When we focus more on the blessing than on the giver of the blessing. Many want to focus on the blessings of the covenant and not the covenant of, and not the God of the covenant. But they forget that enjoying the blessings of the covenant relationship requires an encounter and a connection with that God, you know, of covenant. Because unless you are connected to him, the blessings that you are running after, you will not even get it. Unless you are connected with that almighty God, the blessings that you are seeking for will become elusive. So they forget that enjoying the blessings of the covenant relationship is a function of your encounter and your connection with that God of covenants. In other words, you must encounter, you must connect with that God for you to be able to enjoy the blessings that he gives. You must connect with that God. You cannot enjoy the benefits of any company unless you are part of that company. You cannot enjoy the benefits of God unless you are a member of his family. And the question is, how do you encounter and connect with this covenant-keeping God? How do you connect with Him? Second Corinthians chapter 6, reading from verse number 11, the Bible tells us, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion has flight with darkness? And what accord has Christ with Belial? And what part has he that, that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temples of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not unclean thing and I will receive you. And I will be a father unto you and ye shall be my sons and my daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. And from this verse of the scripture, we see that the man who will encounter and connect with the covenant keeping God is a man who's number one unequally yoked together with unbeliever. You cannot enjoy the benefits of working for this United States government and still be a member of the Russian spy. It's not going to work. Okay? I'm not talking about whatever is going on. I'm just saying my own. Okay? You cannot be unequally yoked if you want to enjoy the blessings of God. You cannot be one hand serving the world and one hand in the kingdom and expect to expect to receive the blessings of God. The Bible says, be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? What communion has light with darkness? The man who will connect with the covenant keeping God is a man who is not unequal, who is not equally yoked with unbelievers. Number two, he is a man with no accord with Belial. What accord has Christ with Belial? Or what part has the believer with an infidel? In other words, you cannot, you cannot begin to have it, you cannot begin to have an agreement with the things that are completely opposed to the things of God. 
Our sister was talking about this this morning when he's talking about the means. You're talking about the means of which you get things done. And people believe in that the, the ends justify the means. But in the calendar of God, the end does not justify the means. How you get to where you're going is as important as where you are going with the Almighty God. The way you live your life, the way you comport yourself, the way you carry yourself, the people you associate with, the kind of places you go, they are all important to the Almighty God. The Bible says that the man who will covenant, who will connect with the covenant keeping God must be a man who has no accord with Belial. Number three, the man who will connect with the covenant keeping God is a man who must be the temple of the living God. Look at verse number 16 of that same chapter. The Bible said that what agreement has the temple of God with idols? In other words, why would you want to be the person who wants to represent God and inside of you is full of all sorts of idols? For those of us who are married, how will you enjoy that you are married to this man and the man has married to other five other women? How would you enjoy that? How would you enjoy it as a, as, a, as, a, as a man? You are married to a woman and the woman has several other boyfriends around. How would you enjoy that? That is exactly what we do when we are working with the Almighty God. The Bible tells us that we are the bride of Christ. And when you are the bride of Christ, the Lord expects you to be a temple of the living God. Which means nothing else should come in there. God is a very jealous God. If you, want, if you are with Him, you must be with Him. If you don't want to be with Him, stay away from Him. But you cannot compare. You cannot combine everything together. You cannot model up the whole place. You cannot have one idol here, have one idol here and have other things going on in your life and expect that God will be okay with it. God is not okay with it. The man who will connect with the covenant keeping God is a man who must be the temple of the living God. He must be a man who lives a separated life. It is very interesting right now that the church wants to be able to be a friend of the world and a friend of God at the same time. But the Bible makes us to understand that love not the world, neither the things of the world. He said the love of the world is anyone who is in love of the world is an enemy of God. In other words, if you think that you can carry the two together, if you think that you can be a love of the world, a lover of the world and a lover of God, you are sadly mistaken. Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m. Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, We thank you for listening.